And folks, welcome to From the Inside Out Podcast. My name is Eric Cups, your host, and joining me today, we have none other than Joe Wayman. Joe is an awesome all-around guy. He hosts a uh, YouTube channel called Joe Played This. He's a huge Double Dare and 90s Nickelodeon fan, curator of all things Three Stooges, and he is joining me live right now here on From the Inside Out. Joe, welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, and so you know, before we get started into the uh, interview, I just want to kind of give the listeners a little background on how we actually met. Um, we met through the crazy um, world of Double Dare. Um, and let me tell you, like, I know you're a cool guy because you just had all these like crazy facts and figures about Double Dare. And as a fan myself, I thought, like, man, this is awesome. This guy knows a ton about Double Dare. But what really sold me in my book on how you're such a stand-up guy – is when I was out in California last year and you said, hey, Claudia Wells, the Jennifer Parker from Back to the Future, owns a Mm -hmm. men's clothing store in Studio City. Go by and check it out. I'm like, what? This is crazy. And and for the record, Joe and I have never met in person. So we've been friends for a couple of years now on the internet. Um, So it's pretty cool. I hope to meet you one day, Joe. But uh, you're amazing and welcome. And uh, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was heavy, I should say, probably for you to actually go there and see her and whatnot. But uh, no, you know, I'm doing really well. And uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and um, so you're, of course, you know, we we know each other through Double Dare and the crazy world that that is in and of itself. Um, but you know, we're bringing you on the show today, and you're going to talk about your uh, video game channel, which I thoroughly enjoy myself. Um, it's called Joe Played This, and um, you know, it's about throwback video games. But ironically, mm-hmm. when you first play them. They weren't throwback. So, so tell me your inspiration for uh, starting your YouTube game review channel. Sure. Well, you know, um, I've been a fan of watching different review channels on YouTube for, you know, quite a few years. Um, I started watching things like LGR, which is Lazy Game Reviews, Gaming Historian, Nintendo Life, which isn't really reviews, more of a news thing, but still fun to watch. Just different channels and just, I really like what they do, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try doing my own YouTube show, do it my way, and, you know, see what happens with it. Um, you know, I, of course, wanted to do more of a focus on um, retro games, which is uh, more of my specialty, but uh, just having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and in some of the games you reviewed, um, didn't you do Contra and Paperboy? Yeah, so I decided that I wanted to do some more well-known games as far as well as those that might be a little more obscure. So, which is why Paperboy Two came in, um, as well as the uh, Three Stooges game. Now, why you know why do you you said you want to do it in your terms? What makes your channel more unique than other video review channels? This We might go into this later, but I've always wanted to have my own show growing up. What I want to do, I just wanted to um, inject my own style of humor into these. Um, whereas, you know, obviously other people who do them, they do their own humor. Uh, and, you know, some of those include, you know, a lot of swearing or references to other things. Whereas I wanted to do something that was um, geared to something that families could watch, 
of course, not knocking what other people do, but, uh, you know, that's just something that I'm, you know, trying to focus on doing and uh, try to have a relatively short episode. So it's like maybe I try to do like eight minutes or less just to keep people's attention. Because yeah. I think nowadays you got to keep it moving quickly. Otherwise, you're going to lose interest. Yeah, Joe, and you're absolutely right. That's the uh, that's the key to it because a viewers' attention span is only going to last um, so long. So you said you like to inject your own style of humor. You have some pretty big influences in the humor department. Um, I know you know the Three Stooges are your your favorite. Oh yeah, yeah. What obviously? You, you tell me, we're kind of around the, the same age, you know, in our early 30s, mid 30s. Um, mm-hmm. You look like you're 12, you know, your nice cheeks. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you lucky dog, you. Um, but w- but being, you know, in your 30s, what is, you know, what's the catch to the uh, Three Stooges for you? Well, you know, I, I grew up watching them, so I was exposed to them at a real early age. Um, I mean, Curly, of course, just my favorite just because he acted so wacky on there. Um, so I, I just always thought that they were funny. And, you know, you, you watch something enough, you know, you can sort of absorb their humor and just, you know, there were things as a kid I didn't really understand, but as an adult, um, you get them. In fact, another sort of uh, inspiration of my humor is watching Rocky and Bullwinkle. I used to watch reruns of that as a kid. And there's a prime example, you know, a lot of the jokes that they did as a kid, you know, they went over your head, but you still laughed at it. But now as an adult, it's like, this is brilliant. Even though the references are dated, you know, if you do enough research, you know, they make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, totally. And these writers have it dialed in where you have to be on two different levels, you know, one with the child, kid in mind, and then, of course, with the adult to keep them around. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, and... You know, so in our pre-interview, you talked about Curly as being your favorite, and you say they're mm-hmm. the funniest man that ever lived. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your funniest top-of-the-mind uh, moment here that you have of watching the Three Stooges? Oh, man. that That's hard. Um, I A year ago, I came up with a countdown of what my top 25 favorite Three Stooges episodes are. It took some time to narrow everything down and stuff, but if I had to pick a favorite, that's really hard, like a favorite moment. Because in my opinion, there are so many good ones to choose, you know. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes, actually my favorite episode that I remember liking first as a kid, called Violent is the Word for Curly. Uh, Basically, I'll give you a very quick run through. Um, they start working out as a gas station. And of course, in their jobs, they were never good. Um, they always had, you know, find, found somebody to screw it up. So um, they're working at a gas station. These three professors come in. They put, Curly puts gas in the radiator and instead of water. And then Mo comes over with, a match just to see if he put it in there. The car blows up, and so they escape. And next thing you know, the Stooges are professors um, or posing as professors, and they can't even answer any questions. And then they—it's a mess, but it's really <laughs> funny. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't give out spoilers, but it's just—I don't know—they do the like this song, like swing the alphabet, because 
you know, they're teaching college kids, but I don't know. It's just really funny how it all pans out. And I don't know. I've, again, I've just been exposed to that since a young age. So it just kind of sticks with you. Yeah. And as I've told you before, like in, um, in private messages back and forth, when we're talking about your review channel is that you do a really good job of writing your video game reviews. And I think it's because of the humor and the influences that you've, you know, been exposed to that translates into something that's entertaining to watch and also in how you craft your message. So for those that have not seen his channel yet, you know, of course I encourage you to do so after the show, um, check it out to see what I'm talking about because Joe really has it locked in on the, um, you know, deadpan humor front. And also, you know, you have some good, you know, subtle jokes in there as well. Um, which of course is friendly, friendly. So that's uh, right. hitting all the the features you want to hit. Um, and so with your, your your game reviews, you know it's funny that you mentioned as I'm going through our pre interview here, how everybody knows that back in the day you either were a Nickelodeon kid or a Disney kid. Um, mm-hmm. And there's two distinct differences. Nick kids were more messy, you know, adventurous, blah, blah, blah. Disney kids were kind of like more, you know, down home, white picket fence, you know, nuclear family. And you said that you were a Nintendo kid instead of a Sega kid. What's the That's difference? Right. I didn't grow up with any Sega consoles. Um, for example, a cousin of mine, you know, he had a Nintendo, but later he had a Sega Genesis, uh, which, you know, I played once in a while when I was over there, but, you know, it was always my understanding that, you know, you either were a Nintendo fan or a Sega fan. I mean, I remember being, this is probably, I think Christmas 1988, I think, 87 or 88. I don't remember. So I would have been, you know, six or seven years old. Christmas is coming. I want a Nintendo, you know. And, you know, Sega had the Master System. I'm like, I don't think I even knew of it. Um and which was fine by me, obviously, which seeing how things worked out. But, uh, you know, Christmas is coming. I'm like, I want a Nintendo. We even went to a store to see Santa. He's like, all right, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, Nintendo. He's like, what's Nintendo? I'm, yeah. I'm like, are you serious? So obviously Santa sits on the throne of lies. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I There's that Nintendo. humor, folks. There is that humor. Santa sits on the throne of lies. I love it. You just throw that in there. <laughs> Thank you. I actually almost threw that line in the first episode when I was talking about uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Throne of lies. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and so, like, back in the 80s, like, I think if we you know, maybe dug a little deeper and talked to more um, people our age and found out that, yeah, if you liked Nickelodeon, you were a Nintendo kid. Yeah, and if you like mm-hmm. Disney, you're a Sega kid. Um, and going a little deeper, a little bit more meta, more than I think we need to, I think it also went with, um, you know, f- familial income, too, because Segas were almost, at least in Tampa, twice twice as much as Nintendos. And the games were more expensive, and everything was more expensive for Segas. Um, and so, like, mm-hmm. Nintendo was kind of like the console that everybody really had, because that's all that everybody's parents could afford. Right. And, you know, of course, as a kid, you have no concept of money. And I, I remember being in elementary school, going to a friend's house who had a Nintendo. And I'm like, you don't have the power pad? And I didn't have it either. I had a couple of friends who did have it, the power pad. But I'm like, you don't have a power pad? He's like, no, we, we couldn't afford it. And, you know, and again, as a kid, you have no concept of money and how much things cost. But, you know, 
looking back, you see ads for Nintendo from that time, you know, the price as an adult, you're like, that's actually really reasonable. Well, yeah, like, yeah, 30-something 30, 30 years of inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, um, so let me hop back in my DeLorean and buy a thousand, you know, Nintendos. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Wait, and, and while, while you're at it, give me the uh, Great Sports Almanac, too, will you? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get it from Biff. <laughs> um, and so, like, you know, you, you play these, you know, classic games as a kid, and now you play them as an adult. What has changed in that time um, from turning the console on um, for you specifically? What What's kind of changed? Has there been any change in how you process the game or how you um, go about playing it? Um, what makes playing these retro games different as an adult? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as an adult, um, especially, well, when it comes to games that you grew up playing, you know, when you play them as an adult, there's obviously there's no surprise to them anymore about what's, you know, going to happen. But there's still that fondness of, hey, I really love playing this. Um, You know, I can play, you know, any of the old 8-bit Mario games for the NES. And even though I know the game front and back, I still have so much fun playing it because it's a solid game. Well, they are solid games, I should say, but you, you played, you know, a bunch of games, you're doing a review channel. Now, what is your favorite game of all time? That is hard. I would have to say, now this is a very close tie between super Mario brothers and super Mario brothers three. Okay. Um, uh, qualities of both. Man. Start well, with Super Mario. Man. Of course, okay. it's the original. You can't go wrong. It's original. It's great. Right. It's what everybody knows and holds a candle right. to. Yeah. I mean, I was obsessed with that game as a kid. I I would, you know, come home from school playing that. I would even, you know, sneak out in the living room in the middle of the night, play it. Yes, and once too. I heard. Yeah. And so, <laughs> funny story. A few years later, I, you know, when I had Super Mario 3, I would do the same thing, but um, I distinctively remember this. Um, you know, playing it in the middle of the night, I was in like World 5, Skyland, and my parents' room was, you know, at the other end of the house. And I hear as if my dad's getting up. And I'm like, okay, I better go back to my room, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. So all I did... <laughs> is I shut the TV off. I didn't turn the Nintendo off because, I mean, you couldn't, you know, pick up where you left off, of right. course. So um, I <laughs> I um, shut the TV off, went back to my room, pretended as, I, as if I were asleep. And that was that. I don't remember uh, much after that, if I went back out there or something. But it, I don't know, just like Super Mario Brothers was a really, just a fun game, especially the um come across it when you're a young kid. You know, there's just this giant adventure you're taking on, this colorful, you know, world and all these enemies and power ups. You know, it just it sucks you in as a kid. Right, right. And so when when your um dad got up and you're playing Super Mario Brothers in the middle of the night. I I've I've been there too. Did it feel like your heart was about to pump out of your chest and like the world was just going to collapse if you got caught? Yeah. I was so damn scared. Now, I actually did get caught 
um, and my mom, because I turned the TV off, I turned the Nintendo off, and I, she actually like our rooms were next to each other in our house, and so she came out. Mm-hmm. I had run around into the kitchen because it was split, and then hauled butt back into my room, pulled the covers over me. <laughs> I knew she heard me, and she came in, and she's like, "Eric, were you up playing video games?" Uh, no, mom, I'm sleeping. But like back in the day, the the TVs would glow a little bit after you turn them mm-hmm. off and have the static. You can yep. hear the static, and so she busted me solid. Um, did do your parents know that you were playing games in the middle of the night? I'm sure they did. I mean, <laughs> well, they know now. You're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It must have been obvious. I mean, I I might have got caught a couple times. Again, I mean that that's one instance that really sticks out in my mind. But I'm sure that there's other times where I was caught and told to go back to bed and, you know, or told, hey, you can't play Nintendo tomorrow because, you you know. You know, funny enough, so my mom, as I just said, she uh, caught me playing Nintendo. I actually caught her playing a couple times when I'd have to get up in the middle of the night. And um, <laughs> she actually told me one day that she stayed up till like 3.30 in the morning and she got blisters on her thumbs from playing Mario <laughs> Brothers. And here's my mom, you know, in the 80s. And like it was like, that's pretty awesome. I'm like, go mom, right. you get it now. <laughs> right. Uh, so like, okay, Super Mario is, you know, and Super Mario 3 is your, you know, close games. Um, what makes mm-hmm. Super Mario 3 uh, stand out for you? Oh my gosh. It is just, it takes what they did in the first game and just totally expanded it. I mean, you know, eight different worlds, all these really cool power-ups. To this day, I'm like, which one is still my favorite? It's probably the Tanuki suit, obviously. Um, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, what other um, power-up could let you be a statue for a few seconds and not get hurt by enemies? But, I mean, that game could do so much. I mean, it was the first time, you know, they could fly. Um, they could do so much with that game. Yeah, I was so pumped. It was just when, so much more fun. Yeah, I was so pumped and, when you turned into the frog. It's like, oh, the frog yeah. and the, the Tanuki suit as well. Um, but yeah, that was I mean, like the coolest that's the thing. Only way, that's the only way to make those, you know, water levels tolerable. The frog suit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I had, a, and I hate water levels still to this day. And um, I even had a reputation as a kid for really being into Mario. I mean, I dressed up as Mario for Halloween at school. And I remember being, I don't know what year this was, maybe fourth or fifth grade, maybe something like that. And, you know, kids in my class, they asked, how do you beat Super Mario Brothers 3? And I actually drew a diagram of, you know, that battle with Bowser and explained to them, okay, you got to make him, you know, break these uh, bricks or blocks or whatever, his platform, and then he's got to fall through there. So it was kind of cool being asked, you know, how do you beat this? Right. And so the, like the mental challenge really. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. And so, you know, Nintendo came out in the, in the early eighties, mid eighties there. Now with the advent of all these games now, like, heaven forbid, like Fortnite and, you know, Call of Duty and all that stuff. What, I know, what draws you back to those retro games? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I don't really want to buy any new systems. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I've been tempted to buy the Switch, but I'm like, do I really need to get one right now? Um, in fact, I mean, I, I I have a Wii U. That's the latest um, system that I have, although I also have the uh, NES Classic and the Super NES Classic because, um, I mean, you know, they have old games on them, but they're just still so much fun to play. Um, and I, I just get a lot of enjoyment out of them. So you have, so you have Whereas, no desire to look at the more modern games. Right. I mean, my nephew's like uh, Minecraft, and I tried playing it with him a few times. And I'm like, I just cannot get the hang of this. It's like, what's, what's the point? What am I doing? So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> there goes that, but you know, get off my lawn, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know there, when you grow up with something and you enjoy, you know, you know, you can still enjoy it as an adult and I don't know they're just still, I still get a kick out of playing them and, you know, seeing if I can do better than I originally did, or just fun to revisit them, you know, or maybe playing a game that I liked as a kid and see if it still holds up. Sometimes they don't. But, you know, they're still so much fun to me. Gotcha. And, you know, since, you know, you enjoy the, playing these video games so much, you know, it really makes it great um, for great content when you do your, your reviews. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, uh, you know, doing retro reviews, what kind of, you know, you're putting yourself out there on YouTube. Um, doesn't mm-hmm. that make you nervous a little bit? Um, you know, I, how do you, you know, social media is a crazy place. Um, yeah. So what's kind of been the response you've had? Uh, amazingly, the response has been just really fantastic and positive. People like yourself have been really encouraging about it and saying all sorts of nice things. And, you know, it's definitely a great motivator to keep going. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm doing this how I want to do it. So, you know what? Let's just keep churning them out. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and and like we talked about earlier, your humor and your delivery style and your sheer knowledge of the game, especially <laughs> you wrap that all together with a short time con, uh, short time commitment on the video. And the, I think you mm-hmm. got a winning combination. Um, so uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends on how you look at it. I don't play video games except for retro video games or playing on the Wii with my kids. And so being able to go back and watch your videos and see, oh, yeah, that's how that was supposed to happen. Or, oh, that's what that game looked like. Um, Because going back to Double Dare, I always wanted the Double Dare NES game, but I never got it. So it was awesome to be able to see you review that and beat it (laughs) so I didn't have to. (laughs) Right. Now, I had to wait 30 years, but here it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I do have a physical copy of that. And one thing that I like to do with the reviews is if when possible, I want to include like some type of um, tip that might be helpful for when playing it. Um, I did point out in the double letter game that the controls and the obstacle course are terrible, which is why I haven't been able to beat it. In fact, I did that episode because, you know, in, in April when they announced that they were bringing this show back, I'm like, okay, why the heck not? Let's do this one. So um, consider it. I even wrote in the description, consider it free publicity and 200 people 
have seen it, um, or well, I don't know, but um, I don't know how many people have seen it off the top of my head, but who cares? I'm not doing it for the views. You say you've admired different people who have their own retro game channels. Um, mm mm-hmm. What do you admire about other channels that you're incorporating into yours? What I like about them is just the uh, quality of um, content they put together. Uh, for example, Gaming Historian is really good because, well, the guy's name is Norm. He does these really good um, historical looks at different games and consoles and things like that. He did a really good hour-long episode not too long ago about Tetris. That game is addicting, and I love playing it. Um, that was It's just really fascinating how we brought out all the facts with that and a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, LGR is pretty entertaining um, just with how he reviews things and just his mannerisms. He's, um, you know, pretty laid back. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. I, just, I really like watching these channels where they... Um, discuss these games and explain things that maybe I didn't know before or give a more in-depth look at. And also, you know, try to include some humor. You know, if it's just all, if there's no humor, then, you know, I won't get too much more enjoyment out of it. And speaking of humor, um, as we're Facebook friends and I see you on your posts every Sunday, uh, you play the drums in your spare time. And I always, I'll admit to it now. I always look on Sunday to see you comment on how your sticks are going to fly out of your hands or your drop drumsticks <laughs> or something like that. And I thought, you know what? That's pretty, you know, that's pretty funny. And so I look right. every Sunday morning when I get off of work, as I scroll through Facebook, I'm like, oh, yeah, did Joe drop his sticks yet? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, I always appreciate having self-deprecating humor. So uh, it, it's always going to make fun of yourself. And, you know, um, now. I didn't drop any yesterday, so um, amazingly, but I, I actually bought some grip tape to put on like the bottom half of the sticks. Sometimes they work, other times they don't, but it's it's always funny to get a reaction out of it. Now, yes. I, but when it does, but when it does have it, I I have like a stick bag um, on the floor tom, so when I do lose one. I'm able to, you know, pull up another one and not lose time. So. Yeah, that's important because, you know, the drums are, of course, keeping the pace of the uh, performance. So. Right. <laughs> I, I just think it's so funny and how you take it with such grace is, is, is awesome. Um <laughs> uh, so what is anything else um, you want to put out there uh, for people to know about your review channel? Well, you know, it's just something really fun I enjoy doing. Um, if you go to YouTube, you can search for Joe Play This. Now, um, I could have YouTube.com slash Joe Play This, but um, per their rules on there, you need to have at least 200 subscribers. I'm not anywhere near that, but again, I'm not doing this for the subscribers or views or what have you. I'm just doing this because I'm having so much fun with it. But, um, you know, and also I'm going to be having – New episodes coming up this spring. The last one I did was in November. Um, winter kills a lot of my motivation. So um, it's, but it, it's also giving me time to think of what games I want to do. So I've got a few planned out already. And uh, so yeah, this spring I'll start, you know, doing some new ones.
But it's just a lot of fun to uh, do that. And, you know, if your listeners like that sort of thing, then, uh, hey, I'd love for them to check it out. I was going to say, yes, Joe, they should absolutely check it out. Um, they can find you online on Facebook and YouTube at um, Joe Played This. And what I also like is you offer sometimes um, the ability to vote on which game you're going to review. Yeah, and so that usually comes from either I have no idea what I want to do that month or, um, you know, just seeing if there's one game that, you know, people would like to watch over the other. And usually what happens is, the game that doesn't win, I'll do it, you know, a few months later sometimes. So, you know, I, I want to at least have some type of interaction going on there. And if you want to connect with Joe on his Facebook or YouTube channel, just search Joe Played This. If there's a topic you would like me to explore or have a general comment about the show or content for the show, please reach out to me on social media. I look forward to all of your questions and comments. I'm your host, Eric Cups, and I'm feeding you content as I find it from the inside out. <laughs>